Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. Have you ever had babka? Today we're going to talk about this fun treat and share some favorite recipes. I think that we got to start with the origin story of babka in our cookbook club. Yeah. So pandemic 2020, that November, I think, was when we had like a babka off remotely over Marco Polo, which is the video messaging app that our cookbook club uses a lot to chat with each other. It was all very spontaneous. Yeah, it kind of happened organically where a couple people were like, you know, because everybody was doing... I think doing... it was Melissa. She said, I think I'm going to make a bobka this weekend. I think... And everyone was like, I want to make a bobka. So we all sort of made a bobka, except for you. Except for me. I was out <laughs> of town and I was really sad, but I was able to like at least keep up via Marco Polo, yeah. which was fun. And I felt like I was a part of it. Yeah. So quite a few of us picked different recipes and made bobkas and sort of like shared our notes. And I'm not terribly sure that I had heard of bobka before that. I had heard of bobka because it's in a Seinfeld episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I feel like I'm probably not the only uh, person of our listeners who remembers that episode. It's also the black and white cookie episode, which okay. is they cover two different areas there in that episode. And it was really, really funny. And I think there was actually a debate in that episode of like chocolate babka versus cinnamon babka. Oh, interesting. And at this one particular bakery, like the cinnamon babka was the lesser babka. Wow. And when I was doing research for recipes on the New York Times and other websites, but on the New York Times specifically, there was even some commentary about that in the comments section of a cinnamon babka recipe where they were like, this is definitely not a lesser babka. (laughs) You did some some research around the history of babka. Yeah. So babka is, uh, I would say, sort of the reputation of it now is that it's known as kind of like a New York treat. But originally, the (laughs) babka was sort of invented by Eastern European Jews who were using this as a way to use extra challah dough. Oh, okay. And so then they would take the extra challah dough and stuff it, essentially. So it's sort of a babka sort of is like an enriched dough, like a challah. It's usually sort of twisted and it has a filling, essentially. Yeah. So you make you kind of like in the process of making the babka, you roll out the dough and then you like layer your filling in there and then you gently roll it up like you would like a cinnamon roll or something. And then the the recipes, I made a couple different babka recipes and both of them have you like cut that log in half and then lay one over the other like crisscross, like an X, and then you start berating the loaves and then you wrap them around each other, like, you know, kind of like a, a U shape. Yeah. And then you plop it. You in almost the sort of braid pan. them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out beautifully. I mean, some, I think a big part of Bobka's success is how the final product looks when you slice into it. And yeah. You, I think the goal is that you really want to be able to see the swirl throughout the Bobka. Yeah. I used to work at a bakery and we sold Hala there. And I remember loving to use that particularly for French toast. That was like the primary reason why I used um, challah at home. And I feel like babka is great just as toast with like butter on it or even not that just by itself. It's so delicious. But I bet it makes a really fantastic French toast also. Yeah. And enriched dough just basically means that it has fat in the bread. Like you're adding fat. You're also sometimes eggs or milk. Yes. Yeah. Both of those things are make it extra, extra delicious. And most of the time a babka is in a like a loaf pan. Mm -hmm. But 
in doing some research, I have seen plenty of them. Sometimes you'll see like an individual babka that's almost like a roll that's been like braided together or uh, also in like a tube shape, like almost like a bunt or a... Oh, like a um, wreath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That would be really pretty. Very pretty. Also, babka is a project. So, I mean, if you're like listening to this and you're like, oh, that sounds great. Like, I'm just going to take this afternoon and make some babka. Like, think again. Yeah. The timing, (laughs) I don't still, I still do not have the timing totally figured out on like when is the best time to start making babka. But I think most recipes you are looking at an 18 hour process from when you start to when you would actually be taking babka out of the out of the oven. Yeah. Well, I think in rich doughs, they take longer to rise. Mm -hmm. And I think because of the kind of flavor you're going for, I think you and I discovered that the ones that sat for a long time tended to develop the flavor and the moisture a little bit better. And I think part of the key to that, isn't that the bulk fermentation when yeah. you're trying to, de- to develop the flavor of the dough? So I think a trick with the bulk fermentation is actually using the refrigerator to chill the dough because then it slows it down so it's not going to overproof, yeah. you know, and like use up all the yeast and then you put it in the oven and it's got nothing left and it's like flat as a pancake. So by putting it in the fridge overnight, it allows all of that flavor to develop without yeah. the yeast getting so out of control that it like has nothing left by the time it hits the oven. Right, right. So why don't you tell me some of the babka recipes that you tried? Yeah. So my first babka, which I made back in 2020 with our cookbook club, virtually and just like what a way to hang out with your friends yeah I mean a a way to be (laughs) together huge to be together without being together yeah and so for that reason I feel like I always will feel sort of warm and fuzzy about babka (laughs) Um, even though the recent babkas that I made I thought whoa this is a lot of work the first babka that I made is from the America's Test Kitchen Family Baking Book it is a cinnamon babka. It's got sort of a cinnamon sugar filling, which is almost, I mean, it's not unlike the filling of a cinnamon roll, uh-huh. essentially. That one is a, a nice sort of, I would say, like, uh, not basic, like, but it, but it's like a real straightforward cinnamon babka. Okay. I thought it was delicious. It wasn't like knock your socks off great. I would say it was like, just like a tiny bit dry. Okay. But I wonder if that might sort of be part of it. <laughs> the dry dough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that you have made at least one babka that came out with a really like what was the word you used? It was like luxurious. A, it was like a luxurious, yes. not dry at all dough. Oh my god! But yeah. dryness, especially around the edges, has been like a real theme on these babkas for me. And you're a good baker, so I feel I'm a good like baker. you're not. It's maybe not yeah. you. Maybe that is like a. Well, here's the thing. Most of them have you like put a, a sugar syrup over the top of them after they come out of the oven. So maybe not most of them, but the one that uh, another one that I made and I know one that you made had you do the syrup on the top. And I'm like, why would that be needed mm-hmm. if you if it wasn't often running dry? I mean, it's a huge loaf. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's really dense if you have like a wet filling in there which like any filling I mean unless you're just sprinkling on cinnamon like probably there's going to be some moisture that you're adding especially if it's like a chocolate babka and so I would imagine that that just means it needs more time in the oven to fully bake all the way through yeah and so that might be why it's more prone to get a little bit dry around those outer edges around the outer edges yeah simple syrup that you make is supposed to kind of help offset that yeah or maybe the simple syrup is like there to I mean it, it knows it's just gonna suck it up and then you're just gonna get more like even sweet flavor through right, the dough. Right. I don't know. I don't know. So it, it was a little dry, that America's Test Kitchen okay. recipe. But still good. 
Well, I made a cinnamon babka that was from Claire Saffitz from the oh, New York yeah. Times. And I think it's funny that we both like started with cinnamon babkas because I think most people, when they think of babka, they think of a chocolate babka. Yeah. Um, I thought that Claire's was great. I also really appreciated that she had a video. That's what I love about I, the New York Times. Those videos are really cool. Very helpful. And also, it's just like fun to get to know the people who are writing the recipes, you know, and like see how they, they all work. They such and, personalities. Yeah. So that was really, really helpful to watch her do it. Mine did not turn out great. And I think that it's me. I don't think that it's Claire. The recipe called for bread flour. And so this like opens up a whole can of worms for me on like what kind of flour should you be using for a babka? Yeah. So the recipe called for bread flour. The only bread flour I had was whole wheat bread flour. And so you can probably guess how that turned out. Like it was too heavy. It was heavy and it was a bit dry. The flavor was still good, but I didn't really want to eat it other than like toasting it, you Mm -hmm. know, and putting butter on it. Isn't that babka, that Claire Saffet's recipe, isn't it dairy free? It is. It uses olive oil, actually, instead of butter. And I thought the flavor on that was really good. So that's in the enriched dough or is that in the filling? It's definitely in the filling. You like drizzle olive oil on and like brush it on the surface and then you spread the cinnamon mixture on it. It's like a cinnamon sugar mixture. Mm -hmm. It actually is two recipes. It's sort of a nesting doll recipe. So when you go look up the recipe for cinnamon babka, it's like it takes an hour and a half plus some proofing and cooling time. And then you're like looking (laughs) through it and you're like, wait a minute, step one, prepare the challah bread link to recipe. So you have to. I love how much you hate that. You basically make the challah bread and then you pop over and you make the babka after you get through like, you know, step five or something like that on the challah bread. The challah bread is interesting because it does have some eggs in it and it also has some honey. Okay. Which I thought was cool. I could not sweet. I could not taste the honey at all. And like I love honey and I used some local honey too for it. Nice. But whatever. I'm just supporting (laughs) a local beef person instead of actually being able to taste the product in my final bake good um so yeah you just use the olive oil for brushing the pans and then for like layering in the filling which is a mixture this was interesting it's a mixture of brown sugar almond flour cinnamon and orange zest huh i really love the orange zest that seems to be like a theme for a lot of the babka recipes so i wonder what that is about there must be a story there it really does give it a nice orange orangey flavor yeah or maybe it's like the combination that's just magic between cinnamon and orange sure and so maybe that's why that works and orange so well yes chocolate Mm -hmm. and orange is great too um the almond flour i don't really remember like why she has almond flour in there but like for crunch well it didn't really it wasn't really a crunch though okay i don't know if it was to like i don't know why the i don't know what the purpose of that was i'm sure she says it in the head note but it was still it was like a good recipe it was a good process i'm glad that there was the video there so i could figure out what i was doing if i did it over again i would probably use all-purpose flour yeah so again i think it was me i don't think it was her you'd use all-purpose flour versus bread flour white bread flour yeah why well i I mean mean, i know the whole wheat bread flour didn't work for you i worry that the bread flour would maybe turn out too tough or something huh maybe I mean, I want to use bread flour. I feel like you would get potentially a better rise just because it's higher in gluten. Well, I made a really great babka recipe that called for all-purpose flour, but I want to save that because we have to save the best for last, I think. (laughs) But something dramatic that happened when I made the cinnamon babka is that I turned, so I had it in my KitchenAid mixer, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're supposed to 
need it for 10 to 15 minutes right. and who has the time for that so i turned that on it's like doing its thing you know in the kitchen aid i turn around i open up the fridge to clean out the hot mess that's in there and i heard the loudest like crashing oh, no. sound that had ever happened in my kitchen before it oh, scared no. the crap out of me and i turned around and my kitchen aid walked off of the no. counter yeah i've Did never survived i mean this is almost 20 years of me owning this kitchen right. aid it the kitchen aid mixer survived but i had a glass bowl like oh, one of those no. thick glass bowls which was really nice and it just cracked and shattered all over my kitchen no yeah like minutes before we're supposed to have a bunch of kids over to, to like sit around my kitchen table so we got it all cleaned up but there's like a huge dent in my kitchen no. floor now from the kitchen aid oh, falling what a bummer so the mixer still works thankfully and i replaced it with like a metal mixing bowl okay but i feel like i like shed some blood sweat and tears to make that bomb yeah seriously oh so, my gosh so that was kind of intense that's a real blow uh, do you have some other babka recipes that maybe were not as painful for you to make? I mean, that was that's pretty painful. I made another babka that I didn't love. <laughs> uh oh, there's I a made, theme emerging from the New York Times. I made the savory babka with ricotta and herbs. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I thought that might it might be good to like kind of take a savory route. Yeah, it came out pretty dry. Oh dear. Yeah, and not just on the edges. Like it was not. Great. You know, I'll say that I made this babka a while ago when I was remodeling my kitchen and I made it at my parents' house. And so I didn't have all my stuff and all my ingredients. And, you know, maybe there was like some element in there that made it not go quite how it should have. But it's a fairly well-rated recipe. It's a Melissa Clark recipe. And I know I trust her recipes a lot. But yeah, it just I didn't think it was that enjoyable. Okay. Aside from it turning out a little bit dry, how was the rest of the flavor? The flavor was good. The filling, the ricotta herb filling was nice. Okay. I thought that was really nice. But again, I just think if you're going to spend like 18 hours working on something, and granted, a lot of that time is hands off, it has to be really like blow your mind fantastic to make it worth all that. Yeah. Maybe we should take a quick break. Yes. And then when we come back, we're the, we've saved the best for last, which is the chocolate bobcas. Our most winning bobcas. Yes. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Ringquist in her Portland, Oregon studio and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she can be there to guide you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. Okay, so we finally got to the chocolate babka stage of our babka journey. <laughs> so tell me, which which chocolate babka did you make and how did it go? Okay, I made a chocolate babka and I didn't make it chocolate. <laughs> what the what? Bear with me on this journey. I made the better chocolate babka from the Smitten Kitchen blog. Okay. I think of all the people to know how a babka should taste... We're talking about Deb Perlman, right? We trust Deb. We trust Deb. Not only that, she's from New York. Like, she clearly grew up eating babka. She has lots of opinions about it. Uh, she apparently adapted the recipe from Ottolenghi's Jerusalem, but then she sort of streamlined it. I had no idea that he had a babka recipe in I there. I didn't either. So I made it. I started with the dough, with Deb's dough from the recipe, and... 
It has orange zest in it. Okay. You do that like 15 minutes in the mixer thing, then you rest it overnight in the fridge. So it takes a lot. I mean, it's not hands on time, but it's a lot of time. And I put like I started it kind of early in the day and I didn't hadn't read through the whole recipe. And she said like at least half a day, but overnight if you can. It's like 11 a.m. when I read that. So I just put it back in there. I didn't get back to it until almost 24 hours later. Wow. And it was fine. Okay. Yeah. So I made that. But then when I woke up the next day, I really did not feel like eating that much chocolate. I'm like a little bit sensitive to chocolate. Um, It's like a migraine trigger for me. And so I have to be kind of careful about when I have it. And I was just like, I don't want to do this, but I'm but I'm halfway in. Like, I can't turn the babka train around. I am also not an improviser, which I think is a thing you know about me. But in that moment, I thought, I don't want to throw this thing out. I want to make the babka, but I don't want it to be chocolate. So I Frankensteined it on the fly, which is very unlike me. (laughs) But I was like, I've made a cinnamon babka before. This wouldn't be bad with some other kind of filling in it. So here's what I did for the filling. I chopped up some pecans. And I used Yossi Arafi's pumpkin pie spice, which appears in her recipe for pumpkin crumb cake in the New York Times, plus some brown sugar and some butter. That sounds good. It was delicious. Rolled that up in it. And then it already had like that orangey flavor happening. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just rolled that up, you know, cut it, braided it, the whole thing. And it came out pretty good. We're eating it now and it's We're eating it right now. It's pretty good. I would say it's slightly dry on top, but I think it got a little too toasty. Okay. Like I might have gone slightly lower oven temperature or something because I think it got a little too brown on the top and like the exposed part of the filling got like like really, really dark in places with Mm -hmm. the nuts and the cinnamon. So I don't know, but I thought overall it was pretty good. I think it tastes great, and there's a really nice swirl. Yeah, I did get a good swirl. I did also do the sugar syrup, which Deb calls for you to do, but hers is just sugar and water, and I added some vanilla to mine. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Because at that point, I was just riffing, Yeah, (laughs) and I just followed my bliss all the way in. And then she hopped in the car and went to Las Vegas, and she came back 11 (laughs) days later with a face tattoo. It was a wild... It was very unlike Sarah, but we enjoyed the ride. Yeah, I think that recipe is good. I think I might tinker with it just like for my oven, those kinds of things. But again, it is process. Well, do you want to hear about the best babka recipe on the planet? Yes. Well, listeners, you've made it this far through, so it's time to reward you. (laughs) Don't waste your time. Just make the babka that Renee's going to tell you about. Which is the chocolate babka by Melissa Clark from the New York Times, full stop. Like, the best babka, there's a reason why there's like 3,000 reviews and they're all like the highest rated reviews. It's just an excellent recipe. Tell me about it. Oh my God. I like my heartbeat is like picking up. I'm (laughs) so excited to tell you about this. There's a few different components to this and I promise you that it's worth it if you want a project. Like we would not, you would not be here even considering babka if you did not want a project. Good point. If what you want to do is listen to something about something delicious, just listen to this episode. But if you want to make one, (laughs) you'll get into it with Melissa Clark here. Yeah, this is the best one. Okay, so the components are you make the most luxurious enriched dough I've ever made in my life. Yum. It is so good. There is so much butter in it. I used vegan butter because I just thought like at least let's tone down the dairy a little bit for me. <laughs> but the dough was so 
like soft and silky and like I mean it just felt like sexy almost. You shared some so video good. of it and it did look really like <laughs> it had like a gorgeous dewy sheen yes. happening. It was like glistening and like silky smooth. I could not believe it. Like it was What kind of flower did you use? It was all purpose flower. All purpose flower. That's look why that. I'm wondering like is the all purpose flower Deb Perlman better? also calls for the all purpose flower. Okay, because if you think about it like I don't want to offend people who love babka, but isn't babka like kind of a cousin to like a cinnamon roll? I mean, you're I, yeah, it's I an enriched so. dough. You're putting seasoning in the middle and you're rolling it it's up. It's filled, yeah. So it's not so different. And I feel like most people don't actually want a lot of texture in that bread. Most people right. do want it to be pretty like soft. Yeah, and, soft and fluffy and yeah, so luxuriously I, oh my silky. God. You also, they're like, don't skip a step in this recipe. So she starts with like you warming the milk a little bit and then you add the um, the, the yeast mixture and all okay. of these little steps. So you're ending up making a beautiful dough. We've established that. You're also making a chocolate fudge, Ooh. which is what you're is that like what you smearing in. Yes. Okay. And then you're chocolate making chocolate fudge. Damn. Yeah. Which is like not fudge, like you're, you know, you're going to buy it like a shop on the coast or something right. in the candy store, but right. like the kind that you're going to put, on, put ice on ice cream. Right. Yeah. And like then a, almost a, more saucy than yes. like a filling. Yeah. But wait, there's more. There's also a chocolate streusel that you're going to make. Oh boy. So the chocolate fudge is like heavy cream, butter, bittersweet chocolate. That can't be bad. Oh, so good. And then the chocolate streusel is chocolate cocoa powder. Okay. With, some other stuff and mini semi-sweet chocolate chips. Oh my god! So it's like you have the soft, very deeply flavored chocolate fudge filling, and then you have this streusel that has kind of like a little bit of like chunky texture to it, and then you have the simple syrup, which is like the easiest thing to make. It's like equal parts water and sugar, and that part is not difficult. But the timing on the dough is tricky you know you've got to like start the yeast and like give that a few minutes to make sure it's working and then after 10 or 15 minutes and you mix other stuff in then you blah 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 and then you do the bulk fermentation in the fridge overnight for like i recommend 12 hours that's how long i did mine and the flavor of the bread alone was so good that bread had so much flavor like forget about all the chocolate stuff just the bread like even if you had just braided it right there and called it hala yes it would have been fantastic yum what was the texture of the dough when you pulled it out of the fridge the next morning? It was, I was a little bit worried, honestly, that I overproofed it because I meant to get to it a couple hours earlier and didn't. So it had risen to like the top of the bowl. Wow. So you got a lot of rise. I got a lot of rise. It was okay. awesome. Yeah. On the one that I made, the Deb Perlman one, she says like, don't worry, it's not going to rise that much. Okay. And so it did not, I mean, it was maybe half again as big as it was when I put it in. Mine was one packet of yeast. Okay. It was not like a crazy extra amount or anything. I think it's really like her steps of like, what is that called where you do the little batch of dough with the yeast in it? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I mean, in milk bread, they call it like a... It's like a... I don't know how to say it's like a changdong, but... It's like a mother or like a starter or something like that. Yeah, like a pre-ferment. Yeah. So you're kind of doing that little pre-ferment to like get the yeast going. It almost feels like... 
the yeast is like in its perfect environment to thrive, you wow, know, yeah. and like the other ones are maybe just kind of like skipping a little bit of light steps yeah. and cutting a, some light corners. Yeah. And this one doesn't. It just like carefully feeds that right. yeast. And so I, I think that is why I got such a great final product. Yeah. So, so was it really aerated when you pulled it out? Yes. Oh, another thing is that um, when you make the dough, you have it rise first, like, you know, for an oh. hour or two. Before and, you tuck it in the And then you punch it down. Okay. And then you put it in the fridge for the bulk ferment. So okay. after all these rounds of, like, letting the yeast do its work, I was like, God, is this really going to work? Right. But it was fabulously fluffy when I nice. took it and, like, yeah. divided it in half because it makes two loaves. Okay. And rolling them out into the rectangle, it still felt very, like... I don't want to say oily, but it just it felt very yeah. like smooth and silky yeah. still. So but, Debs was not like that. Debs, oh, when I pulled it out, it was like the um, consistency of like a rollout sugar cookie dough. Oh, that would not be good. It was much harder. I don't think that sounds yeah. good at all. This yeah. was like totally opposite. Okay. Totally opposite. And I still got a good rise later. But yeah. This this Melissa Clark one, you're. I'm mad at you that you didn't bring me some. I'm gonna bring you some tomorrow. I promise. I meant Thank to you. bring it tonight, but our teachers are on strike, and like I worked <laughs> ten hours. There's going on today. Too much to remember, but I'm I will. Really I will bring it to you and and share it because it's too good to not share. Which actually, this is. It kind of makes me want to just make it. I feel like you should make it just, just for the it. sensory experience yeah. of like working with that dough. Luxurious. If I were to do it again, I would watch the texture of my fudge so here are oh. some things that went wrong for okay. me uh, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the texture of the fudge until I started to like roll up, roll up this super soft oh. dough and it was starting to like splurge out the, side. out the sides. Yeah. So it was a little bit too liquidy. So I would next time okay. cut back. And that might be, again, like my user error. Try to be a bit firmer. Yeah. Like I was using bittersweet chocolate chips. And maybe if you were using just like whole bittersweet bars, yeah. it would have like somehow hmm. thickened or something a little bit better. It was not like liquid liquid. Right. But it should have been almost like. Not quite a paste, but yeah. almost there. Okay. So um, it sticks in there instead of just yeah squeezing out the sides. It was just so fun to work with. And then another cool thing about this recipe is that you make that like long log, you know, yeah. of like rolled up dough with the filling inside. And then you cut it in half, like, you know, so you have two long ones. Yeah. And then you cut them down lengthwise. Oh, that's what I did on Debs. That was oh, her. really? Yeah. So we cut like right through the middle. Yes. So yeah. that is not what I did on the okay. cinnamon one. So right. you then expose like all of those yeah. layers that you just rolled up and yeah. you braid those. Right. So that it was... is cool when the layers are exposed. Yeah. But I also feel like that made my filling a little bit dry out a little bit I on think, mine. And mine was like so much filling that yeah. I don't think that and was a problem. And your filling was liquid to begin with. Well, so the chances yeah. of it drying out were way less. Yes. And there's the streusel topping thing, too. Yeah. So the Which streusel... is also putting a whole like yes. raincoat on top of that. So when you put the streusel to topping on the top, it's almost like you lose the visual like berating yeah. part of it, sort you know, because you can't see it as underneath. well. Yeah. But when you cut into it like the veining through it was gorgeous really pretty yeah i mean i feel like this is like a love story to chocolate babka right now i just <laughs> yeah. it, it worked out really well and it was so nice to have a big payoff when you put so much time into something yeah. so did you if you made a long log this is for each loaf this is like yeah, so really, made, this is like such granular, like inside baseball right now. And I <laughs> could not love it more. And I hope our listeners are following along. But so you made for each loaf, you made a long log. Yes. 
and then you cut it in half. So you had two short logs. I'm pretty sure that I did that. Okay. I and actually, then you cut them down the middle. Yes. And then you, so did you braid all four of them together? So, no, I think what I screwed up is I didn't cut it in half. Right. I think it I had just. had to make a shorter log than the other one you made. It was still a long it was still log, long. but okay. you just cut it lengthwise down the whole thing and then you just braid oh. those and then and you then just kind of wrap it back. It, yeah, and then you okay. double it back. Yeah, so Deb Perlman has you just do it the length of your, like 10 inches, like the length of your pan, basically. Oh. So your roll is much shorter, but you do cut it down the middle I and see. then you braid the two together, okay. trying to keep the filling parts like on the outside so that they're pretty. I mean, I think that's why the veining on mine was so great. I yeah. know this is totally granular, but because you have like so many layers upon layers because yeah. you did it lengthwise and then you swirled it around each other, braided yeah. it around each other, and then you basically braid that almost around right. each other when you plop it in the pan. Right. And Amazing. then you let it like rise in the pan for another like hour right. and a half. It's just getting just like puffy and beautiful and at that stage she said you might not see it rise by double yeah and so i just like went based on the timer it was like 90 minutes was up i went in the oven i was really worried that i had overproofed it because yeah. of how big it was when i took it out of the fridge and it i, I couldn't tear myself away from watching it in the oven <laughs> you're like, like a like a small child yeah. watching like i did a, a marco machine i did a marco polo to cookbook club from me watching through my oven yeah. because it was like rising so beautifully. I was so excited. Yeah, I remember oh that. Gosh. I'm like so. Oh, I love that you took this. me along for the ride because <sighs> this is the kind of stuff I really enjoy. I mean, this is like if you want a baking project, this is the perfect time of year to do it. Like if you have company coming over for the holidays and you want to make something that's a total showstopper, I think any of the recipes that we've talked about would be great as French toast. Yeah, totally. And then you did come across a couple other like really unusual bomb yeah, recipes. I did. So Nadia Hussein, who's like a great British bake off winner, has a sprinkle butter babka, hmm. which so it's just a babka, but the filling is like rainbow sprinkles and butter. That's smart. And it gets kind of like toasty and dark. And then I came across another one. I just love rainbow sprinkles. I came across another one from a food blog that's called What Do You Want to Eat? Oh, funny. <laughs> uh, which is a birthday cake babka. And it has a cream cheese and rainbow sprinkle filling. Whoa. I don't know really how that would work. The thing that makes me skeptical about both of them, I was very close to just going like, I'm going to bust out this birthday cake babka and see where this takes me. Except none of them had you do any real bulk fermentation. These were oh. like, this will be ready in an hour and a half. And I thought mm -mm. this is going to be crap. No. Yeah. Skip those <laughs> recipes. But, you know, if you want to play with Melissa Clark's amazing dough and try to come up with some kind of rainbow sprinkle situation. Oh, I sure. I think anybody's going to fight you on that. Yeah. I mean, I think that just using her recipe as a template, which I think yeah. Melissa Clark is exactly the kind of person who would fully approve that. <laughs> That's true. You She's know? always very flexible. Yeah. Well, you've sold me. I'm in. Great. And, you know, a lot of babka recipes make two loaves. Right. And I'm always thinking, like, I don't want to eat two loaves of babka. I know. But that chocolate babka from Melissa Clark is perfect because then I can give you a, a loaf. Yeah, perfect. Well, and the thing that Deb Perlman says is that babkas freeze great. Feel That's free to throw idea. one in the freezer and then pull it out later when you need a buddy or you need something to take to a brunch or whatever. Yeah, or your whole entire school district decides to go on strike and it's just like mayhem, Lord just of the Flies at home. to eat some chocolate <laughs> babka, damn it. Yeah, not that I would know from experience. Mm -mm. We sure hope that you'll join us next time when we'll be cooking from Smitten Kitchen Keepers by Deb Perlman. Sarah, why did we pick this book? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that we like Deb Perlman. We've talked about her before on the podcast. Um, it's been an interesting book. Um, it's her newer release. 
I'm just excited to talk about a few things from there that I really enjoy. That'll be a good discussion. I think so. Cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review helps other home cooks find us too. Goodbye. Bye.